0: Well, good morning, church family. Good to be back with you. Thank you for your prayers. I got to return late Friday night and uh, feeling good. I had a great week out at Fuller Seminary and still processing all the things that I received, but thankful for that time. Um, And I'm excited to be back and continue our sermon series. We're going through a series called Greater Life in the Spirit. And uh, let me remind you of the context. Uh, We're in John 14 through 17. These these are Jesus' words after the Last Supper before he goes to the cross and resurrection. Jesus knew he would be leaving his disciples. All the kingdom work he started, all the mentoring he's given them, how were they going to continue without Jesus? How will they continue what he started? How will they do it? And so far, Jesus has assured them of two things. That first, in the end, he's going to take them to be with him in heaven forever. And in the end, all will be well. God will restore all things. And the second thing Jesus told them is that because he is going to the Father, not only are they going to continue his work, they will do greater works than these. They will exceed the work that he started. And they will be able to do that because Jesus will answer prayer made in his name on his behalf for his kingdom. And now Jesus assures them they will not be left alone. They will have the presence of, and power of God for his mission. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles to John 14. We're gonna be looking at verses 15 through 21, and you might be thinking, yeah, we did chapter 15 last week. Yes, we did, but I wanna go back to 14 and cover this part because we're focusing on the Holy Spirit. And this is where Jesus, one of the places where Jesus teaches on the Spirit. And in verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. When Jesus returns to the Father, when he ascends to heaven, he will ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. So what does Jesus teach us about the Holy Spirit? I want to give you four points today from the teachings of Jesus. And the first thing is that the Holy Spirit is given to those who love Jesus. It's given to those who love Jesus. This whole thing begins, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father and he will give. Verse 15 is kind of the overarching theme of the next few verses. If you love me, keep my commands. Sometimes in other translations you'll see this as, if you love me, you will keep my commands. You will be able, be enabled to. You will, if you truly love me, this is what you will do. Those who love Jesus, they're committed to his kingdom work. They are given the Spirit, the power and presence of God to continue his kingdom work. Now let me be clear, this does not mean that the Holy Spirit is earned in any sense. It is a gift given to his beloved. It says he will give the Holy Spirit, a gift of his very self, a gift of love to those who love him. And friends, let me assure you, the love of God is not fickle. It is not, it is not, you know, go back and forth but depending on how you're doing with him. No, he says he will give the Spirit to be with you forever. To be with you forever. It's an eternal gift of God to those who love him. And if it concerns you that whether or not you can keep his commands, don't forget that this is one of the primary reasons the Holy Spirit was given. You see, the problem under the Old Covenant was that people didn't have the power or the capability to overcome and defeat sin. So they were judged by God, they were sent into exile away from Him. But the prophets prophesied that a new day was coming, a new order, a new covenant, a new way of relating to God. The prophet Ezekiel put it this way, God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. See, the Holy Spirit is given to make you holy. It's profound, but it's very very simple. The Holy Spirit was given to make you holy, to walk in the commands and statutes of God. That's why he's called the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. we We could have emphasized any other aspect of what the Spirit does, the Spirit of power or the Spirit of miracles or the Spirit of the gifts or the Spirit of the fruit, but he is the Holy Spirit. That's the primary way he is known to us because he was given to us to make us holy, to make us like God to make us like Jesus, to walk in his ways. And this is for your joy, it's for your delight, so that you can become one with him. It's for your joy, so you can be responsive to his promptings, to his leadings, to the way he guides you and teaches you in your life. It's for your joy, so that you can have an interactive relationship with your creator, so that you can hear his voice and respond to his word. It's a gift given to those who love Jesus, so they can walk with him and become like him. The second thing I want to point out about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is given to help us and be with us on the missional journey. Holy Spirit is given to help us and be with us. Jesus says, he will give you another advocate. Now, the Greek word for advocate is parakletos. Sometimes you'll see that translated into English as the Paraclete. It means one who is called alongside. The word often referred to someone who came alongside a defendant in court to help them, advocate for them, and provide them counsel. So the advocate is for you. is for you and for your cause. God is for you, not against you. He advocates for you. He's on your side. He's called alongside to help and provide counsel. And it's interesting that it says another advocate. Why? Because Jesus is the first advocate. Jesus is the one who is called alongside his disciples. What did he do? He walked with them. He lived among them. He taught them. He counseled them. He, he instructed them in the way that they could, should go. He showed them what it looked like to live in his kingdom and for his purposes. And so as Jesus is leaving, he says, another advocate, someone else will come alongside you. Although I'm leaving you, I'm sending someone else to come alongside you to walk with you and show you the way to go. I think verse 16 sums up simply what an advocate does. The advocate who will help you and be with you forever. An advocate helps and is with. Helping, being with, forever. Forever. We have the Holy Spirit to be with us forever. Jesus says in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. Don't you sense the tender heart of Christ in that? I will not leave you. You know, even for just five days when I, when I got on the plane to California, I was sad to leave my wife and my kids for the week. Uh, you know, it was my daughter's birthday on Thursday. I was sad that I couldn't be there present on her day. And Jesus is leaving his disciples essentially, in some ways, for good. He's, he's going to heaven. I mean, can you imagine leaving your family for good? Saying goodbye? But thankfully, Jesus is God. There are three persons of God, as we talked this morning. And he's going to send another advocate, another helper who will be with us, so that ultimately, even though he is away in heaven, we can still be with him. Now, May 4th, my daughter's birthday, is also known as Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And also with you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You guys are good liturgical folk. I love it. I love it. And I don't know if you've seen the new new Star Wars series, that that new trilogy that came out. Uh, A scene that really struck me was um, when Rey and Kylo Ren, they discover that they are patched together uh, by the Force. Uh, apparently it's called a force dyad i learned that this morning Uh, but they're connected somehow that that even though that they are light years apart they are in different galaxies in the solar system if they can tap into it they can communicate together and there are sometimes if you see in the movies it's like the the connection is so visceral it's like they're in the same room and sometimes like in the scenes they're like oh my gosh there kylo ren is what in the world I want to suggest to you that this is in some ways what the ministry of the Holy Spirit does for us in Jesus. That although he is in heaven, he is in heaven where we cannot go, where we are not yet. By the Holy Spirit, we are so intimately connected with him. No matter where we go, we can tap into that presence. We can communicate with Jesus. We have his presence, we have his spirit. Sometimes the connection, maybe you've experienced this, the connection is so visceral, it's like he's right there with us. We sense it, we feel it, we know it. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside to be with us, to help us to continue what Jesus started. But how exactly does the Holy Spirit help us? Well, in this passage, primarily Jesus says in two ways. He's going to teach us, and he's going to remind us. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So I'm going to focus these last two points on the teaching and on the reminding. So number three, the Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit teaches us because he is the spirit of truth. We need to know what is true and to discern truth from error in this life. And John says he will teach us all things, everything. Uh, and I looked it up in the Greek it's the Greek word for everything. But I think it's safe to say that this doesn't mean literally everything. Because it happens in the context of Jesus' mission to his disciples remember Jesus is leaving them and he, they're going to continue on his work and I, and I think about this of like uh, a handoff at the hospital, which I hear about from my wife, who's a nurse. You know at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. the nurses they, they, they go off their shifts, they hand off care and I imagine that the nurse uh, leaving might say to the patient, "You know what? she's going to handle everything from now on. If you have any questions, she'll explain everything to you. I'll see you tomorrow You see, the context determines the meaning. What the nurse means that in everything related to your stay here, in everything related to your medical needs, she will explain it to you. That's what Jesus is saying. The Spirit is given everything you need for your life in Christ. Everything you need to continue what I've given you to do. This kingdom work I've started. Everything you need, you'll have with the Holy Spirit. This is an amazing promise that Friends, all that we need, we already have. All that we need to follow Jesus. We've already been given it. He's given us everything we need for a life with him, a life of godliness, a life of holiness. But to access the Spirit's teaching, we have to keep desiring to hear. We have to keep desiring to learn and to be taught understand. The Spirit will keep teaching us because we constantly face new challenges and situations. William Barclay says, Christians who feel that they have nothing more to learn are Christians who have not even begin, begun to understand what the doctrine of the Holy Spirit means. Friends, you may not care to learn much if, you don't, if you're not concerned about the mission, if you don't have a reason to use the knowledge that you need. Sure, you may desire learning for learning's sake, but do you want to learn because you want to continue the work of Jesus? To the, to the degree that you care about the mission of Jesus, I think is to the to the degree you will care about learning, adapting, and listening to the Holy Spirit. I'll speak for myself that I'm desperate for God to teach me. I'm desperate for God to show me and to show us what to do. I, I, I'm not going to Fuller Seminary because I want a title. I don't care about titles. I don't care. That, that's not going to matter in the end. I'm desperate for the Holy Spirit to teach me. how will the Church of Jesus continue His mission in 2023 and beyond? A post-COVID, a post-Christendom, a digital world? How will we live and continue this mission in a culture that's so different than the one that we know from 50 years ago? Will we need new strategies? How will we know? What do we do to reach the next generation? What do we do to reach the unreached peoples of the world? What do we do to revitalize congregations that are struggling and declining? What are we going to do when the boomers go to heaven? And Gen X and the millennials are in charge and Gen Z? What are we going to do? I mean, don't you want to know? Man! What's going to happen? I believe that Jesus is going to build this church but we need to be listening to the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying to the church? Are we listening? How are we going to adapt to this new mission field, this new context for the next generations? I hope that you'll keep wanting to learn with me because I don't have all the answers but the Spirit does and if we listen together we'll be shown what to do. Finally, The Holy Spirit reminds us. The Holy Spirit reminds us. If we're honest, one of the primary spiritual needs that we all have is that of reminding. We need to be reminded regularly. We are forgetful. We forget to love God with our whole beings. We forget what's most important. uh, We forget His Word. Revelation 2 4, Jesus says to this church, Church of Ephesus, I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. See, the church in Ephesus, they had forgot. They forgot the love for God. They forgot what they were called to do. And they needed to be reminded, to call back to remembrance. Remember the love you had at first. Remember the mission to which you were called. You know, often people will confess to me, you know, well, gosh, I'm not really interested in this class or this group or whatever because I already know this. I already know this about God or I know this about the Bible or I've studied this before about Christianity. I've heard this stuff before. I've heard this several times. But you know what? So what? So what? So what if we've heard it before? We need to be reminded. Let me ask you. You've heard it before but how well are you living it? Have you mastered it? Have you put it into practice? Has the way of Jesus become so ingrained in you you don't need to hear it again? Again? It may be in your head, but how firmly is it in your heart? We need to be reminded. Have you let the truth so renew your mind that it's changed your habits, your deeds, what you do, what you think, and your attitude? Friends, we need to have the humility that we need to be reminded regularly. Uh, In my own personal life, I am someone who needs to be reminded. Uh, I have a lot going on. A lot of of things, a lot of ovens or a lot of things in the oven. A lot of things in the fire, whatever that expression is. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, like, my strength is not uh, necessarily administration, but I've learned enough things to kind of keep me competent, keep me going. And uh, I, I had to humble myself even more uh, a few months ago um, because I'd forgotten some Zoom meetings that were important. And uh, I decided that, uh, you know, every, well, I, I was doing this, but every event I have, I put it in my calendar. But then I said I had to take another step. I need a reminder to go off 20 minutes before the meeting. And I need a reminder five minutes before the meeting. (laughs) Because, yes, I've been reminded 20 minutes before something and still forgot (laughs) that I was supposed to show up because I had caught up doing something else. So now I get a 20 minute reminder and a five minute reminder. Hey, stupid, don't forget, you got this meeting coming up in five minutes. It sounds ridiculous. But friends, I would submit to you that all of you need that spiritually. We all need that spiritually. We forget so frequently what is most important, to live in the Spirit. Funny enough, reminding is one of the main jobs of a pastor. That's one of my main jobs. In fact, I want to give you a few scriptures to talk about this. 1 Corinthians 4. Paul says, for this reason, I sent you Timothy, who is my beloved and trustworthy child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ Jesus as I, as I teach them everywhere in the church. And he says it another time in 2 Timothy 2.14, keep reminding, ongoing, you have an ongoing reminder, keep reminding God's people of these things, warn them before God against quarreling about words that is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Paul sends Timothy, go remind them, keep reminding them, that's what you're, that's what you're called to do. In fact, the Apostle Peter kind of says the same thing in 2 Peter 1. He says, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and you're firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the the tent of this body. And finally, one more 2 Peter 3 says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Gosh. Don't you love the people in your life who are the reminders? I mean, who likes the job of reminding? No one likes to be reminded. But that's my job. (laughs) I have to keep reminding you, to remind you of what's most important. So we show up to church not necessarily to be told anything new. I mean, perhaps the Holy Spirit will teach you something new. I hope you leave with a, a fresh insight. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be cool. But more importantly, we come to be reminded of who God is of who we are, of the mission to which he has called us. We need that reminder regularly, weekly, daily. You know, why why do we read scripture? Why do I encourage you to take up a Bible reading plan again, although you've read it before? Why would that be important? Because you need reminded. You need scripture to keep reminding you. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to live out scripture in new situations and new challenges, and it's amazing. And just like my alarm system on my phone, we have to discipline ourselves to put reminders in our life, to give the Holy Spirit things to work with, scripture and sermons and ways that we can be reminded to live out the mission God's given us. I believe I don't think we can live the life God designed us to live without reminders. We need to be reminded. So let me remind you what I've said so far. The Holy Spirit is given to those who love Jesus, those who are committed to him and his cause. The Holy Spirit is given to help us and be with us on this mission. The Holy Spirit will teach us and the Holy Spirit will remind us when we need it. So let me just close with two questions I'd like you to reflect on and maybe, maybe ask someone uh, at home, in the car, at lunch, uh, or in the foyer this morning. Here, can we put these up? We don't have them, never mind. Okay, I will tell them to you. What did you need the Holy Spirit to remind you of today? What did you need the Holy Spirit to remind you of today? The second question is how can you partner with the Spirit to remind yourself of what's most important? How can you partner with the Holy Spirit to remind yourself of what's most important. How might the Spirit lead you to set up a system of reminders so that you can walk in the calling that God has for your life? Reflect on that today and may the Holy Spirit guide you.